0: From Wyoming Public Media, this, this, this is, this is spoken, spoken spoken words. Spoken words. This is spoken words. I'm Micah Schweitzer.
1: Sitting outside in my wheelchair, an airplane flew over, and in the most unlikely moment, I looked up and thought to myself, well, that's it. If I can't walk, then maybe I can fly.
0: This time we're hearing from author Janine Shepherd talking about her memoir Defiant. She's originally from Australia and now lives in Alta, Wyoming. Shepard was an Olympic-level skier, and she talks about how her identity shifted after being hit by a truck during training and the physical and mental transition she had to make after an accident that changed her life forever.
1: I guess it's, it's not often you can go back and pinpoint you know, an exact place and an exact moment that everything changed, and, and that's what happened on that ride that day. All of my dreams were shattered, the goals, everything I've worked for my entire life. You know, I'd been an athlete my entire life and I was so focused. That's what I was training for, um, to get to those Olympics. And at that moment when that truck ran me over, um, everything changed. Of course, I don't remember the actual accident, uh, it's only what I can piece together from people that then arrived at the scene of the accident because I'd already left my body and I had what I call a death experience. <laughs> I don't even call it a near-death experience because you know I had left my body and I had a choice whether to return or not. I drifted in between dimensions for ten days while the doctors fought to keep me alive, and during that time it was the fight of my life. You know, it was a crossroads: do I go back to a body that was broken and that could no longer serve me, or do I stay? Where I was, which was you know uh, out of body in the spirit world, so I, the interesting part of my story, I guess, is that I did make that decision to come back to a body that was broken and a life that would be completely different from the one that i 'd had before. I spent six months in the spinal ward. Uh, there was nothing left to me i 'd lost so much weight. I was just a bag of bones covered in a plaster body cast in a wheelchair attached to a catheter bottle, and I was told that I would never. Be able to do the things I did before and I would have to rethink my life. It was a nightmare.
0: That nightmare all took place in a single life changing moment. Here's Shepard recounting that day in a passage from her book Defiant.
1: When will you be home? Mum asked as I rushed out the door and grabbed my bicycle. About 10 tonight, I yelled back to her. My cycling partner Chris and I were already late and everyone would be waiting for us. I was dressed in riding shorts and a yellow jersey. I made a point of wearing brightly coloured clothes when I biked on roads, as I'd already had a few scrapes with traffic. Riding home from the pool one day, I was passed by a truck whose driver didn't see me. I was forced into a ditch and suffered some nasty cuts and bruises. On another occasion, I was edged off the road and ended up with bruised ribs. Near misses such as these made me wary on busy thoroughfares and keen to be visible to drivers.' I pulled my helmet on, took a sip from my water bottle and jumped on my bike. Chris pedalled close behind, working hard to keep up with my eager pace. I always pushed myself to the limit, both physically and mentally. A natural athlete, I had represented my league and school teams at both state and national levels in a variety of sports, including softball and triathlons. Now, as a top performer in the Australian National Cross Country Ski Team, I had found my sport. It was as if I'd been born for it. Training and competing in ski racing obsessed me in a way nothing else had. Cross-country skiing was my passion and training events like the day's bike ride would help me start the upcoming season in top physical shape. I waved goodbye to mum and set off for the six-hour ride ahead. I was unusually tired that day. Perhaps I'd been pushing myself too hard. The demanding training schedule and constant physical exertion were taking a toll. Only days before, I had visited the doctor for tests to determine why I had skipped a few of my periods. I was diagnosed with exercise amenorrhea, or lack of menstruation, common in female endurance athletes who overtrain. It was a confirmation that my body was under too much stress. I'd thought twice about even going on the ride with Chris and my friends, but the details and schedule had all been arranged, so I pushed aside my doubts and settled into my cycling rhythm. There were about 20 of us on the ride, and as usual, I was the only female. We called it the Rooster Ride because our destination was the Red Rooster Restaurant at the top of the mountain, the culmination of a gruelling climb. It was late morning before the group finally assembled and got rolling. The sun was beating down on us, so I took off my training jacket and packed it in my bag. When we reached the base of the mountains, we spread out, a natural response to the various levels of ability, desired intensity, and conditioning among group of elite riders. Ever competitive, I rode near the front of the pack. After an hour of pedalling flat terrain, we approached the foothills of the Blue Mountains. This was part of the rooster ride I relished. I loved the hills. My training ethic and fierce competitiveness had earned me the nickname Janine the Machine because I was focused, determined and driven I was on track to represent Australia in cross-country skiing at the 1988 Winter Olympics in Calgary. The Olympics are the ultimate dream for any athlete and nothing was going to stand in my way. Nothing. Committed to making each training day count until then, I dug deep and pushed fatigue aside to tackle the challenging grades of this ride. Once we were in the hills, the mood of the riders grew serious. As we climbed farther into the mountains, the temperature dropped and the crisp mountain air burned my lungs with each deep breath. We put our heads down and concentrated on the grind of making it to the top. The incline made me redouble my efforts. As I reeled in and passed other riders, I could hear their laboured breathing and see the strain on their faces. They were suffering. I pushed harder, spurred on to overtake each rider one by one. Approaching one of the final hills, I saw a lone cyclist ahead of me. "'John.' I pushed to catch him and saw that he was flagging. "'Hey, mate, how are you doing?' I asked as I drew a long sign, feigning a casual manner that belied the burning sensation in my legs. I didn't want him to see that I, too, was nearly spent. "'I'm starting to bonk,' he replied. "'I think I might get the train back to the city.' "'Bonk' is the term used by athletes to describe the exhaustion that sets in when the body's energy stores begin to deplete, a long-distance athlete's nemesis.' We exchanged a few more words, and then I continued up the hill. There wasn't far to go, only a few miles, and then we would enjoy an afternoon of fine food at the rooster. That was all the incentive I needed to keep going. I stood in the pedals and pumped my legs, determined to lead the group. I sucked in the cold air, lifted my head, and relished the sun shining in my face. Then everything went black.
0: That single moment resulted in a broken neck, broken back, five broken ribs, a broken arm and collarbone, and paralysis from the waist down. Yet, after having her body so completely shattered, it was her identity that suffered the most.
1: I was trapped by this body that didn't belong to me. This was not my body, this was not my life. And. I guess that you know I got home I went home and I, I was you know optimistic no I thought the doctors are wrong you know I am going to get my life back I am going to learn to walk I'm get you know I'm going to the Olympics and of course I got home and it was shattering and I realized that that wasn't going to happen I think that the sort of nail in the coffin for me was when I went into a rehab doctor's office and and it's quite unbelievable I he I was in my wheelchair and he said to me okay so we need to talk about your sex life I remember thinking Oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed. And I asked him, you know, if there was a female doctor, and he said no. He said, Janine, it's something that all spinal patients have to talk about. You know, you'll never have the big O again. And that moment just it just rocked me to the core. And I can remember going home to my bedroom that night in the silence and thinking, I have lost everything. You know, I've lost my Olympic dream and my my life as an athlete, I, you know, now he's telling me I can't even be a woman.
0: Shepherd says that was one of the lowest points in her life. But in a way, the accident didn't just eliminate an identity, it created an opportunity, a gift, to build a new life.
1: When everything you think that defines you is taken from you, like the scaffolding is, is, is destroyed, taken away, you, you know, you get a very close look at, well, who, who am I? You know, you get to ask the really important question: so, who am I and What's the purpose of my life? And there really is nowhere to hide. And I just had this unwavering belief that I'd come back to my body for a reason and I needed to find out what that was. And it was a moment where I decided I make a I made a very clear choice to let go of, of my of my life or the life as I had known it, which was, you know, my sporting life, my being defined by my body. And in that letting go came this incredible gift in that I was now given this clean canvas, so to speak, where I could create an entirely new life and explore a, a different side of life. And, and, and that was a gift. And that moment really changed my life. And, and that is when sitting outside in my wheelchair, an airplane flew over. And in the most unlikely moment, I looked up and thought to myself, well, that's it. If I can't walk, then maybe I can
0: fly. And with that attitude, Shepard sought out an aviation school and ended up piloting the very first day in a full-body cast. That freedom of flying, Shepard says, helped her work through the new physical challenges in her everyday life.
1: You know, I was this, you know, very, being an elite athlete, I had a body that I was really proud of. It was really strong, you know. I, I sort of identified my strength and my identity and who I was with my body. And after my accident... You know, being a person with a disability, a body that didn't function properly. And there was a sense of shame about that. There was a sense of embarrassment about my body. Of course, when I did start to learn to walk again and the way I walked, people would stare all the time. So my self-confidence definitely took a, a big knock after my accident. But when I was flying, it was as if my body wasn't important anymore. You know, nobody could see how I walked when I was sitting in an airplane. It was like a level playing field. I was just like everyone else. And it gave me this incredible sense of accomplishment. You know, I might not be able to do the things I did before. I might be different from other people physically, but I could fly an airplane. <laughs> and that was extraordinary.
0: It wasn't just flying that helped Shepard move forward in life. It was writing, too. Defiant is Shepherd's sixth book, and she talks about the healing release she found in writing her story.
1: You know, I've always written about my story, and the interesting thing about writing is, you know, we don't write to be understood, we write to understand. And when I wrote my first book in Australia, I did, I did purely for myself. I needed to make sense of my experience, which, which is what I've done, you know, the entire time. So, you know, I've, I've always documented my experience as well as um, other people's experience of, of what went, they went through on the day. And, I, you know, I even had an interesting encounter uh, just a matter of weeks ago when I returned to Australia and met up with the ambulance driver that actually picked me up on the day of the accident. And, you know, I, I, I was actually given some information that I hadn't had previously. So I was able to sort of piece together a little bit more about that day, that particular day, and um, was, you know, again, for me, a great, a great sort of catharsis in healing and, and moving through this experience.
0: That's Janine Shepard. Her memoir is called Defiant. This episode was produced by Brooklyn Gray. I'm Micah Schweitzer. You can hear more episodes of Spoken Words at wyomingpublicmedia.org. Spoken Words is a collaboration between the University of Wyoming's MFA in Creative Writing Program and Wyoming Public Media.